I'm Agent Phil Coulson with the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. That's quite a mouthful. I know. We're working on it. Another episode of Agents of Shieldcast. I am Colonel Chaos, aka Chip Sella, and joining me once again this week, the one, the amazing, the only, the spirit of flatulence, Andy Ant Man Urquhart. How you doing, Agent? Noisy this week, yes, very noisy. <laughs> You're a different spirit every week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Andy, good to good to be chilling out. Got to watch Shield tonight. Good episode last night. We got some news to talk about. You do anything interesting this weekend? Uh, no. No. It was busy work. Busy working all weekend. Nothing. Nothing of excitement. Uh, to be honest, I, I read some Doctor Strange comics. That's Did you? Bit. That's about it. Yeah. Just there's like a there's a kind of newer series that they've been promoting on mm-hmm. uh, Marvel Unlimited. And I just I've read the first couple issues of it. It's alright. Um, just to kinda of get get me in the in the mood for going to see yeah. the movie. Two weeks away well, you you're less, but we have two weeks away from here. Um took the day off. Haven't got my tickets yet, but uh we'll be getting those shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, about a week away for us. I think I'm going to go and see it next next weekend. Nice, because it's, it's my it's my birthday next weekend, so oh, oh. It should go hand in hand. <laughs> it's one that's a great way to spend your birthday. Mm-hmm. So, so I love I love seeing Doctor Strange before you and. As it always <laughs> is, usually. Hey, have you watched Luke Cage yet? No, I haven't watched any <laughs> Luke Cage yet at all. I don't know, like, I don't know, I don't know why not. I've just not found the appropriate moment to sit down and like get right into it. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. With like when when Daredevil was coming out, I was just really excited to see more of Daredevil, and with Jessica Jones, I didn't know what to expect. So I was like, I need to see it to see what it's like. But I kind of know what I'm going to get from Luke Cage and I'm kind of like yeah I need to be in a certain mood to sit down and watch that I need to you know, I need to carve out like a few hours somewhere to sit down and, and actually watch it because like the uh, the wife has never ever finished watching Jessica Jones so she can't really start watching it with me until she finishes watching Jessica Jones and mm-hmm. I don't really want to watch Jessica Jones again mm-hmm. and I don't 
I don't necessarily want to wait for her to start watching Luke Cage. So I kind of in a quandary with that one. <laughs> but I, I need to have like a perfect storm where she's away for a few, like away out for a few hours, and I'm not doing anything else for a few hours, and then I've got I'll have a time slot to to sit and watch it. But at this rate, I'll probably end up watching it when we start when we talk about it for <laughs> like for the show. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be like the opposite. Where I'll be watching it for the first time and Chip will be watching it for the second time. It'll be very strange. Yeah, that could work. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Like, it will happen. I guarantee what will happen is I'll have, like, a day off where I don't have anything, like, planned to do and I'll just go, oh, I'll just watch all of Luke Cage and I'll watch it in a day. <laughs> wow. That's what will happen. Like, but, like I say, it needs to be the perfect storm. Mm. <laughs> but there's nothing else going on. Um, I did make some more progress on on the, uh, the the podcast studio. Oh, it has a floor, a level floor. <laughs> <laughs> so the floor is complete, and now I just need to decorate the room, put the carpet in, and all that, and and then I'll be ready to relocate up there. It, and and put all your crap back in there. Yes, yes, because the crap right now is like littered around our bedroom. The, the wife is is not happy. <laughs> I actually got to clean up the studio. There's too much crap in here. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Should we get into... Do we have any Marvel news we want to discuss? A couple of bits and pieces, yes. Because uh, there was a trailer, Chip, came out today. Oh, okay. This I didn't see. Oh, you didn't see the trailer? Dude, I... Uh, Got home from work. I was on the road. Uh, uh, I was on the road today for work. I got home, watched Shield twice, and had dinner. And yeah, that's about it. I have haven't really even looked at social media today. Well, there was a new Guardians of the Galaxy two trailer, Ooh. the first one wow. posted today. I, I think I think you need to go watch this and 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 we'll, we'll, we'll pause here and and come back just so you can. You can watch it. All right. <laughs> it's, only, it's only a minute or so long. All right. Send me the link if you have it handy. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. It's like a it's like a sneak peek sort of thing, but it's like a minute long. It's quite cool. There All we go. Right. All right. I'm pausing. We are, and we're back. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a teaser. It's got a, it's got a good joke in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, very good joke actually. Yeah, I uh, thought, that was laugh. Yeah, it's cute. Um, very, it's Guardians too. I'm gonna be there day one. This would be a movie I would camp out for. I mean, <laughs> it's you know. Would you would you really camp out though? Like, I mean, you don't need to do that these days. No, I don't. <laughs> but no, <laughs> I would. I mean, it's just uh, it's Guardians, man. Of course, I'm going to be there day one. Um, it looks good, you know. Um, I uh, looks like uh, Peter Quill and Gomorrah may uh. Start a relationship. I guess that's the best. Or maybe way to not. Put it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's not a dancer. 
Now she's not a dancer. And apparently Peter needs to find a, a woman that's as pathetic as him. Yeah. <laughs> Drax is definitely the, the standout in the yeah. in, in that teaser. The uh the the interesting thing they've done for me is like they haven't tried to like do the same thing as they did with the first trail like the first trailer for the first Guardians movie, mm-hmm. which was like absolutely outstanding and I mean that's what set the tone for the movie overall and like that's what really made the movie like uh, like it's what made the movie stand out it's what got it into the public eye and that's why it made so much money because of that first trailer was so well done uh, th- this one they've they haven't tried to redo that but they've basically tried to play on your nostalgia from that first trailer obviously by using the same song yeah they, the, they, they uh, use hooked on a feeling. feeling again yep which is, I think, is a smart move because I mean, this is just a teaser trailer, and they'll have another trailer mm. going forward. But they, they, they showed a bunch of like different locales and, and things like that in, in the movie. A lot of kind of shots of just random backgrounds of things in space. They're like, cool, space is here. Let's go. And they show the characters and whatnot. They, they did show, I think it was Gamora in a sack. Uh, sorry, no, uh, Nebula in a sack. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it looks, it looks like she's been captured by. Uh, probably Gamora, I would think, in a sack somehow, which is an amusing thought. And uh, and they do show uh, Groot very briefly as well. And Groot looks like a pop vinyl. <laughs> I did. I I was watching it. I, I didn't full screen it, so I missed Groot. But okay. He's just like he's sitting on Rocket's shoulder now because oh. obviously remember he was the the wee pop plant, and now he's he's grown a little bit bigger. And it looks like he's wearing like a Ravager jacket, like a really tiny baby one. <laughs> cool. And he looks exactly like see the pop vinyl ones you get mm-hmm. of Groot. It oh, looks you exactly know how many like pop that. Vi- you know how many pop vinyl Groots I have. I know, yeah. So he looks exactly like a pop vinyl, incredibly cute. But yeah, I, I like the trailer. I thought it was really good. Can't wait to see the movie. Yeah. Oh, uh, May right. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it's the it's the tent pole for for next summer. I think. I think I think. Or, or is it March? I can't remember. Because <laughs> Spider Man <laughs> is uh, July. Mm. So next next year, what we got? Uh, Guardians, Sp- Spider Douche, and Thor, right? And Thor's fall. Yeah, I, I, for some reason I want to say Guardians was earlier than uh, usual. But I may be wrong on that. We'll I cannot remember. You, you can fact check that for us. I will. <laughs> um, okay, so other news. We didn't have too much news this week. Um, I'm sure there was one article that we had to look at. Oh, you got the new. Uh, also, and I was getting sound here for some reason. Do you have the news up? <laughs> yeah, I've got it here. Um, so an interesting thing happened <laughs> this week. Uh, United Airlines kicked a guy off a plane oh, yeah. for wearing a Black Panther hat. Yeah, I saw you posted this. What What's this about? Is it just the pilot's a douche? In fact, sorry, I think it was actually a lady. Um, but yeah, basically. They, they said that the pilot felt threatened by the the person's attire 
which was like a Black Panther hat, and I think it was uh, it was a T-shirt with an upside down American flag on it. <laughs> and this made the pilot uncomfortable. <laughs> so what did they do? Make him change? Uh, well, yeah, I think they, they I think they made him get off the plane and you know, get on, get changed and go on another plane. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck's sake. <laughs> Where was he coming from? Did they, I mean was he at Comic Con? Was it a guy that had kept coming to town for Comic Con? And no, it was uh, a freelance esports journalist, Amanda Stevens, on a flight to Chicago. I'm not sure. It doesn't say where they were going from, though. Okay, but so yeah, it's yeah. just someone being stupid. It's like if I wore like a Joker t-shirt on the plane and they thought I was going to mass murder everybody because I'm wearing a Joker t-shirt. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you did that out and just going to the cinema or like going out for dinner, you know, like you wear what you want, wear what you're comfortable in. To be, to be fair though, I don't, I don't know. You should, maybe shouldn't be able to wear hats on a plane. Why not? Well, I mean, why why would you? Like, why would you wear a baseball hat on a plane? Why would you need to? Like, you can just close the window, and then you're not getting any sun in your eye. Um, I usually wear a hat when I travel. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't wear hats all that often. You know, day to day, but usually, like when I travel, hmm. I, I I do make sure I have a baseball hat. Usually, it you're right to keep the sun, you know, the sun off the top of my head and all that type of stuff. But um, what am I supposed? I guess I could pack it, but I usually I just pop it on my head as I'm walking out the door, and that's the end of it. Hmm. I suppose it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Right, I mean, it's, it's, I mean anyway. it's a black. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do you sh- do you show them? Look, this is this is who the Black Panther is. He's a Marvel character. What the? Fuck? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been around. He's been around for what, like fifty years? You know, <laughs> it's like, come on. There's a movie coming out very soon. You know, he's in. He's in the fucking biggest movie of the year. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, do you know if it was me and I was the pilot, I'd be like, oh, that's an awesome hat. Like, where did you get it? How did I get one? Because it's a cool hat. <laughs> you, and, you know, that happens to me quite a bit because I'm always wearing uh, geek apparel. Hmm. But, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, that is an anarchist t-shirt. I think it's, like, it's from a band or something like that. I can't remember. A- ASAP Rocky. It's, like, a, okay. it's a rapper All or right. something. All right. All right, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's just a design. Like, you know, it's just it's nothing. It doesn't mean anything. But yeah, I thought it was interesting because they were, they were wearing a Marvel Marvel hat. But they, they did get on, on a plane eventually. Um, so, Mount Coulters came out and uh, spoken a little bit about the possibility of Luke Cage interacting with the Avengers. And he said that the Avengers will need to pay if they want uh, Luke Cage involved with them. He wouldn't just do it on principle. He would need to be monetized in some way. And there's okay. nothing wrong with that. You know, you show up uh, in the and, movie. And the... You deserve to be paid. No, no, well, this isn't the this isn't the act like from an actor's point of view. This mm. is he's talking from a character point of view. Like Luke Cage would be paid 
to join the defenders, like the location of the character would, be, okay. would need to be paid. Which is, I thought it was a bit weird. Like, I mean, if there's something that they need him for, then he can save innocent people. Surely he would just be go, okay, oh well, yeah, I'll help, of course. And uh, just in relation to that, uh, Kevin Feige was uh, talking in an interview recently about uh, about the Infinity War, and specifically the the Part Two Avengers movie that is now Avengers Untitled, Avengers Four Untitled movie. Mm. Um, and he was asked in this interview if because uh, he said that uh, the, the fun about these two movies is uh, that we're doing essentially at the same time as everybody's there. And he was asked if everybody includes characters like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. And all he would say to that is, spoilers. So he didn't say no. Which is the the interesting thing. This is probably the first time that he's not just went, or like someone has been asked about it and not just said flat out no. It doesn't mean yes, but it doesn't mean no either for once. They didn't say no. So, what do you what do you think of the possibility of? I, I think they need to get Daredevil in there. Like Daredevil's so so good and would fit in so well with that kind of dynamic that they need to bring him in. To Avengers, like in in Avengers Four, yeah. I mean, if if they're doing like any kind of like new Avengers type movie, that he needs to be in there, a hundred percent. I don't know about. Uh having Daredevil and the Avengers. I don't think the other ones need to be there, but I think Daredevil needs to be there. Mm. I See, I, I've never really considered Daredevil an Avenger. He is more of a neighborhood hero. Uh, he, he handles local things, not uh, world disasters. Well, he's been an Avenger, like, many times. I mean, the Avengers is not like what you do all the time. It's just like you go, you do your thing, and then you get called occasionally for the big event, and you have to go and answer the call. Like even if he's just like a reserve, sort of like a reserve member. When Thor, Thor is away, they're like, "Oh shit, who can we call? We'll call the devil." When I read Avengers going into the nineties. Other than a guest appearance, he was never an actual Avenger. Um, I understand the dynamic of the group has changed quite a bit over the years. Uh, that they have had more street level. You know, Luke Cage was in there, and he's usually mm. considered a street level character as well. Um, yep. So I understand where you're coming from, but does he need to be an Avenger? No. Um, the Avengers, you know, for the most part, take on uh, cataclysmic events. Uh, you know, you will see them do, you know, battle, you know, Crusher Creel in New York or something like that from time to time. They do do that, and I know that. But at the same time, a lot, you know, usually it's something of a more epic scope. So, and I don't consider Daredevil the type of guy you want... Uh, want or need on such a uh, in such a battle could he provide assistance sure Captain America's there but I mean there there's already you already have Captain America 
uh, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Three uh, normal-powered uh, people. Daredevil is easily a better fighter than Black Widow and Hawkeye. Mm, I don't know about and probably Black more, Widow. probably more, probably more useful than either of them. Mm, disagree, but he doesn't. Uh, he he he's got his morals. He doesn't have any red in his ledger. He doesn't kill people. That that's a blessing and a curse, in my opinion. <laughs> He would probably kill aliens. <laughs> like I'm sure he wouldn't have any problems with killing an evil alien invading force. I, I, I just you know, uh, I can see him in a group, especially if the Defenders is going to be a neighborhood New York-based uh, team for dealing with things in New York or even just in Hell's mm. Kitchen. But yeah, I just don't, I, I just don't think uh, you have to have. Daredevil, yeah, battling, going into space to battle the Chitari or Thanos. Now, could he have been at the? You know, could he have been protecting people and, uh, you know, taking on uh, the odd Chitari in the Battle of New York? Absolutely. But you know that that's more of a guest role type of thing or a side story. Uh, than being part of the you know the core Avengers. Well, so what if what if the plot of Avengers Four involves the core Avengers team having to go off on some crazy space adventure where they have to go into space and do whatever, and they have to leave someone back on Earth to be the quote unquote Avengers team while they are away. So they get Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. The B-team, basically. Whoever else is around. The B-team, like Spider-Man probably as well. They, Me, to Eli, stay on Earth. Fred, yeah. <laughs> Ryan. We're going to hang out at Avengers Mansion. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, little Netflix and chill. Have Jarvis bring us beer and pizza. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I can see that, you know, a re- as a reserve, as a backup. But, you know, as a core member of the Avengers, no, I don't I don't see him uh fitting in. Uh I don't consider him a team player. Do I would do I want to see him in whatever happens? Do would I like to see him cross over? Yes, but I he doesn't actually have to be a member of the team. I just think, I mean, he's, he's, I think he's big enough to be able to make that leap and to do it convincingly. And, uh, Charlie Cox plays the character so well that he could, he can stand up like alongside uh, uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. He's not, not a, a problem. I'm not, I'm not talking acting ability or great characters or anything like that. I'm just saying he doesn't fit the Avengers. You know, he does he, though. He's in the comic he, books. He's the there. Avengers are more uh, caught. Yeah, I want. I don't want to use the word cosmic, but uh, they, they deal with threats uh, ten times the level of what Daredevil usually deals with. Chitar, you know, Kingpin versus Tithari. 
you know, it totally different, uh, totally different war. Yeah, Avengers deal with glo- global threats and mm-hmm. like Daredevil deals with local threats. But but like if you think about it, so in Captain America books, he deals with local threats to whatever is local to him at that time. Steve Rogers' be... be- most powerful ability is his ability to lead and to unite, and being mm. a good uh, strategist. That he's also. Yes. And Daredevil is more of a solo act. Yes, no, I like his I like his double teaming with Foggy in his day to day. Yeah, as a lawyer, as a businessman, as a guy who is trying to run a law firm, yes, fine. Different than leading a group uh, a group of people into a life and death battle. But we'll see how, because I mean, he'll be the leader in Defenders. Like, I guarantee it, he'll be the leader. So we'll see how he performs in in that situation. And I I think he'll be a good leader. But yeah, I'd love to see it happen. I hope it does happen. Specifically with with Daredevil. The other ones, you could kind of argue. Luke Cage as well could could definitely go toe to toe. Like, we've not seen enough of Iron Fist to to see if he'd want being included. And Jessica Jones, I don't think, would really fit. But she's the one with who the, was the an Avengers. Avenger. <laughs> no, no, I know, but I mean, like the the way they've kind of characterized her here doesn't she doesn't isn't really fit with like what the Avengers does. Well, I mean, she yeah. might have a she might have a, a bit of a character change in in season two and the Defenders and whatnot, but like I, I couldn't see her interacting with them much. Especially. She doesn't. She was one. She doesn't want that life I anymore. Know. She doesn't. Um, yeah. And granted, not in the MCU, but. Um, you know she, you know she, yeah. You're right, but she's the one who probably's had the most, other than Luke Cage, has had the most interaction with the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, all right, let's move on. I don't want anyway, a two-hour show on. again or two and a half <laughs> no, hour no. show. Okay, so um, the other article that we had is the six most likely characters to die in Avengers: Infinity War. Chip. Yes, you and I both put this up. Yes, so that's what is uh, that's kind of interesting. Um, obviously, these are all speculation. None of this is confirmed. We haven't seen the script, and uh, the, the article that we're reading from has not seen the script either. So, take all of these with a pinch of salt. And they're obviously these are just kind of wild guesses at this point. There's no no spoilers involved here. Just guesses as to what might happen. But it's interesting to to kind of have a think about it. So the the first one is Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I didn't understand this. So basically, the the article kind of says that they think that, they, that Thanos might kill her off and sort of turn her and turn her power into an Infinity Stone because she's like kind of magically imbued, mm. sort of. I thought we, I mean, okay, I, but we've accounted for all the Infinity Stones. One is uh, Doctor Strange's Eye of Agamotto. Mm-hmm. And or what? Another one of his mystic artifacts, and the other one is Heimdall. Heimdall, or as this article said, this article says it could be Heimdall himself, but most people think it's Heimdall's eye. Um, I don't know if Heimdall's thing is is one. To be honest, because I thought we already had all the other ones accounted for. Like, not no, including we're missing that. two. 
We need, to, we need to find where they all are now. <laughs> well, alright. I'm not, I'm not going to... Well, well, if you really want to look that up, but... Um... <laughs> but yeah, Scarlet Witch. Um, I think it would, it would be a bad call to kill off Scarlet Witch because she's one of the only female characters yep. in the MCU movie universe at this moment, and she hasn't done too much as of yet, so she's still got more of a story to tell, and I don't think they should kill her off after just three movies. There's more more to tell from our story. Lots especially of potential, like, especially if yeah. somewhere down the road you decide to 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 do House of M. Mm. And like the, the the Children's Crusade is is one of my favorite like Avengers stories, which it was an awesome story. Like if you've not read it, like 100 percent check that out because it's a really really good book. Um, and I'd love to see them do something like that with like the Young Avengers and things like that getting involved. Um, I don't know if they necessarily do it as that one whole movie, but as part of another Avengers movie, they could have that as like a side story. So, um, so yeah, I definitely think she's got more to more to add to this universe, and they won't they won't kill her off yet. Um, and number five, Star Lord. They can't kill Star Lord. <laughs> they can't do it. <laughs> no. I guess not, but I guess uh, in the original Infinity War, what they're saying is in the comic. Uh, Star Lord, who was it? Star Lord Nova. Uh, da, 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 da. in the source material, he and or I guess it was just he and Nova sacrificed themselves to kill Thanos, hmm. and it was later. Uh, uh, this is weird. It says man, but oh, all three being Thanos, but. Actually, all three actually survived that, but um, and that they that what they could do is uh, the plot for Guardians Three would uh, revolve around uh, finding Star Lord. I suppose they could do that, yeah. Because I mean, they they did say that going forward, they're not going to like make the movies stand alone. They basically you need to have go go into go into them having already seen the other movies, so. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make sense if they did that. I mean, it's it's understandable, and it would make for an interesting movie, like especially to start off like Guardians Three without Star Lord in it. Yeah. Like who's who's going to lead the team in the sort of conflict that that would introduce within the the Guardians team would be interesting. Yes, and you could do something really weird, like uh, bring back uh, Tony Stark as the leader. Mm. So do something weird. Yeah, they could do that, yeah, because, I mean, it doesn't look as if we're getting an Iron Man movie anytime soon, but they seem to want to put Iron Man into every other movie. So, like you said, Captain America, he's in Spider-Man. Like, where's he going to show up next? I mean, he could go to space. And for and uh, Iron Man did join the Guardians for the first, I don't know, it was like five or six issues of the the last uh, volume. Mm, yep. The, pre- yep, he, he, the so pre-Secret what? Wars mm. 2 uh, series. Mm. Yeah, and, so I mean, he was he was in there, so could happen. And he tried to hook up with Gomorrah. <laughs> well, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, <laughs> he's got a chance to to go out with a green alien. He's he's Tony Stark. He's going to yeah. take it. Okay, so the the Infinity Stones that we know of so far is the Space Stone. So that's the blue. That's the, the kind of light blue green greeny type one, which is the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. So, as far as we know, that one right now is in 
Odin's treasure room because right. Thor took it away at the end of Avengers, locked up in its little casket thing. Mm. Um, if you remember, though, Odin is currently his whereabouts are in unknownish, and Loki has assumed the form of Odin. Right. So Loki uh, has access to that. Uh, the mind. The Mind Stone, which uh, was in the Chitauri Scepter, and it is that one is now in Vision's head. Right. There's the Reality Stone, which is the ether that we thought that we saw in uh, Thor: The Dark World, which was in possession of the uh, what's his name, the Collector. Right. Uh, we assume it still is, even though his uh, collection got blown up. He did still have all of the, most of the artifacts that were kicking around there. So I we assume thought, he still has that. I thought the Guardians had it. That or didn't no, uh I think Thanos has that one now. Cuz that was the one in Guardians. The Ether. No, it wasn't. The Ether was the one in Thor the Dark World. The one in Guardians is the power one. Oh god. Which is the orb. Mm-hmm. Um which the Guardians still have at the moment. If you remember, they, they gave the orb back to Yondu, but it had a troll in it. Right, yeah. They literally trolled him, remember? Yeah. <laughs> so they still they still have that kicking around. Um, so that leaves two left to left to get, which is the, the soul and the time one. Right, the soul uh, one is Doctor Strange, and we're thinking the yep. time one is Heimdall's eye. Okay. And I think the the reasoning behind some of this is if you do the letters uh, of yeah each uh, each gem uh, corresponds to a letter that spells mm. Thanos. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and don't ask yeah, me the. the Permutation. That's another article, and we're not going to go into that. But I remember that, and the H was Heimdall's eye. Mm. Okay. So, all right, going back to possible di- characters that could die next would be Heimdall. Yep, I think that's a certainty. I thought I, I think because rumor has it he dies in Ragnarok. So. Yeah, I mean, one one of the movies he's he's dead in one of the movies because he he's probably out of his uh, Idris Elba is probably out of his Marvel contract and he from his comments that he's made he clearly doesn't want to renew it. Marvel probably doesn't want to renew it either because he's been a little bit outspoken about not liking shooting these type of movies and he's 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 becoming a kind of bigger actor now than this sort of bit part role that he's been playing and they're not gonna they're not gonna increase his role. Obviously, he's because of his he, comment, he, he's a supporting yeah. character. He's Heimdall. Yeah, he's, he's never gonna he's never gonna become the main focus of the movie. So, but obviously, back when like Thor came out, I mean, you're talking like seven, eight years ago now, mm. uh, or maybe not as long as ago as that, but five or so years ago, he was nowhere near as big an actor. It was kind of him breaking through really that role. Um, and he's obviously signed a multi-picture deal, and this is probably it coming to an end. So, yep, kill Heimdall off. Absolutely fine with that. I didn't like him once he had his helmet off. Like, in the, the second Thor movie, he had no helmet, and he just looked weird. I'm like, give him his fucking cool, cool-ass helmet back. 
But I, I assume that Idris Elba wanted had that like written to his contract or something. He's like, no, I'm not wearing the helmet. You can't see my face. And right, okay. you can always recast <laughs> Heimdall. I mean, yeah, you, you could recast him. Yeah, you can always recast. You know, if he doesn't want if he doesn't want to be part of it, and he wants to uh, criticize the Marvel universe, hey, there's plenty of people that would uh, love to take up the role. Yep, I, I did think that he was really good at yeah. it in in the first Thor movie, yeah. and then in the second one, he he just wasn't he wasn't there. Like his his performance was subpar because he's a good he's a really good actor, Drusilla. So. All right. It's a shame. And number three, Captain America. Which, again, we know Chris Evans' contract is coming to an end. He wasn't killed in Civil War like we expected slash hoped. Uh, this could happen. I guess in the in in the actual comic, uh, Steve goes up against Thanos and Thanos shatters his shield. Mm-hmm. That would be a pretty cool uh, optic, seeing the shield yeah, shatter be... and him mm-hmm. killed. Yep, that would be very iconic, and uh, I think they should definitely throw in things like that. Definitely shattering the shield, at least. Yeah, maybe not inside killing him, but 100% shatter the shield. Like You'd be like, wow, holy shit, how powerful is this guy? Because I mean, we've seen that shield take an absolute battering off of everything, and it's only had like a few scratches on it. But if you see Thanos just one punch, bang, just, just explodes into like a hundred pieces. You're like, oh my god! Like, how powerful is this guy? But yeah, I think that could that could kind of open the door for like uh, Bucky Cap or uh, Foul Cap. Yep. Which would be good. We've spoken about those at length before. Mm-hmm. And number two, Loki. Yeah, this I don't see as much. They're saying that basically Thanos gets pissed because Loki failed. And kills him. Could it happen? Sure. Should it? No. Don't, I don't. I don't see it happening. Like uh, Loki obviously has a big part to play in in Thor: The Dark World. He's. Mm. It looks like he's shot a lot of scenes with Thor and Odin, and he's Ragnarok. kicking about a lot in there. So, uh, sorry, yeah, Thor, Thor, Ragnarok, not the Dark World. He was obviously in that. Um, but I don't. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think they're going to kill him off. Like and Tom has Tom Hiddleston seems to really love playing Loki, so mm-hmm. I think there's, we've got more to see from from him. I agree. I, I don't see this one happening. He, mm-hmm. he, he's the type of he's the type of character that they can they can like go away for like a couple of movies and come back with like an assembled force of villains mm-hmm. with him as sort of the puppet master in the background. And I, I think that would be awesome. He'd be great at that. Just like any comic book, I mean. You know, Loki wasn't in every issue of Thor. Nope. You know, so you take him out for an epi- for a movie or two, and he comes back in, um, you know, two or three. You know, some, like Thor 4 or something like that. Mm. Mm. And number one, The Vision. Yeah. I don't want to see that happen. I don't, but... I mean, that gem needs to come out of his head somehow. True. So, <laughs> like, Thanos needs to get it. <laughs> I guess, but I'm... Well, I mean, I guess, A, you can kill him, but uh, at the same time, you can bring him back. Yeah. At some, You know, I mean, 
and yes, when we are talking comic book death here, so all these characters could die and come back later. The Vision is the most realistic one to kill off and come back later because he's an android. So you can bring his consciousness back. You can sort of like take out his brain and put it into another android body that you can build for him. True. Be fine. So they can def they could definitely do that with Vision. And I'm sure it'd be fine. So yeah, interesting list. Yeah, it was. Um. All right. Any other news? Uh, did you uh, see the nope, thing? Did, did you see the thing that the director of Thor says? Yeah, I'm not really going to follow what's happened in the other movies. No, I didn't see that, but he has to. Like, do you mean what happens in the other like non-Thor movies? Or uh, I think he was talking most of the movies. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously got like tent posts that he has to hit. With like this and that. I agree. I mean, there's certain things that you have to deal with. Mm. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Thor Ragnarok director ignored first two films. Oh, right, the first two Thor movies? Okay. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but, I mean... You can't. It's impossible. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sending you the link. Yeah. I mean, it's literally impossible for him to do that. Because, like we said, right now... Loki is pretending to be Odin, so you have to address that. <laughs> uh, he ignored the films. He hasn't, so he hasn't paid much attention to the 2011 and 2013 Thor films, and admit, admitted he had no idea whether his motion picture will, whether his motion picture with blend with the first two. I made an effort to ignore. The fact that there are two other Thor f films. I honestly know nothing outside of what I'm doing. I'm trying to ignore the rest of the universe and just make my own awesome movie. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. Yeah. W what was what was Marvel thinking when they hired this guy? Yeah. I mean, it's all connected. It's the hashtag. Like. <laughs> And I mean, like, like we said, like Marvel has said, they're not going to like pussyfoot foot around it anymore. You need to have seen the other movies first before you go in to see these movies. They're not going to like lay it all on a plate for you. You're going to need to do a little bit of background uh, viewing to be able to get the most out of these movies. Yeah, and I, there's story points you have to address. Hmm. I mean, key story points like uh, Odin, uh, Lo you know, Loki uh, replacing him. These are yeah, things I mean, that was... need to be addressed. Mm, plus, it was like obviously Avengers: Age of Ultron happened since all the Dark World. Yeah. So they need to address that and that whole thing with like Thor going off and being in the cave and stuff, like and kicking about with uh, with Selvig. So, I mean, you'd assume that he's going to be in, in this movie and they'll reference that in some way. Okay, something else he said here. My strength in this is bringing my style of humor, which is probably very different style of humor. They've had good jokes in them before, but I think I come from... But I think where I come from is maybe a fresher style. It could just shake the entire thing up a bit. 
Hmm. We're getting this uh, Australian roommate. That's what's going to be. <laughs> they actually that was said really there the first trailer for the <laughs> new Thor movie. He actually mm. said there could yeah, be I mean, more of those. As long as as long as they're not in the movie, I'm fine with that. Like I think that's. I don't think there needs to be too much humor in in like Thor movies. I did like the sort of the humor that they did have in the first one, and the second mm. movie didn't have any humor in it really at all, except for Selva running about naked. There was, I mean, there is some f- humor in Thor, but yeah, you're right. It was more of a somber movie. But, uh, mm. you know, they... You know, we know that Chris Helmsworth is a funny dude and does mm, comedy yep. well. Um, yep. So, we... He has that going for him, and they should uh, use. You know, they sh- they should uh, take advantage of that strength and do things in the. Uh, you know, and give him some great lines, and we've seen them in the, in the other movies. And you know, it shouldn't be funny, but I have a feeling they might be doing a little more lethal weapon, uh, buddy cop type of thing here. Mm, with him and uh, Bruce Banner, yeah. yeah. And I think you know it sounds like this guy wants to lighten it up a bit, and maybe, and maybe that's what it needs to an extent, because, mm. like you, like we said, uh, the second Thor, neither of us were a huge fan of it. No, I didn't like it. Didn't think it was a good movie. So you know, maybe lightening it up a little bit. Um, there were things I liked about the second Thor movie. Um, that I think I actually liked more than the first one, but then there was a lot that I just didn't like, period. Um, Mm. So I think you can work with that. And I think, uh, you know, if you're going to do the buddy cop lethal weapon thing, uh, it should be a lighter movie. And messing around with World War, or not World War Hulk, Planet Hulk. um, Mm. The thing is... Planet Hulk was not a goofy story and is kind of um, sad. I yeah, I mean, with the ending and stuff like that, yeah, it yeah, definitely was. I mean, because it it tells a great story. It's uh, an interesting thing. And then what happens at the end is just so horrible. Mm. Um, you know, the basically the Hulk finally found his peace and... Mm. was happy and found a place where he belonged and you know this is the you know this was you know they could have ended the hulk comic there you know if you ever, <laughs> you wa- if you ever wanted to you know the at the end the only hero who gets a real happy ending is the hulk that would have been awesome yep. but then you know then it's the total gut punch which uh spawns uh World War Hulk. Yep. Oh, this is also a good story. That one I haven't read yet. Um, but, so, so uh, but, my concern, I mean, you want, to, you want to change the tone, you want to do something lighter, you want to do something fun, you want to make it more like the Avengers movies, great. Because the Avengers movies, while being action-adventure movies, there's a lot of great, you know, Marvel is the king of one-liners. Look at mm. Shield. Yep. And uh, so, 
and the Avengers movies have a lot of great lines in there and lightening up Thor and make and giving it that uh you know making making it a lighter movie down with that but you have to remain true to the source material and the plot that has gone on before yep I'm upset because one of you know there there were some serious cliffhangers at the end of uh, Dark World, hmm. and you have you and you have to address those. The the fans demand it, and the fans deserve it. Yeah, they definitely do. They can't just they can't just fall off and ignore it. No. So. Okay. All right, Andy. Um, I'm going to pause for a second here. I need, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I, I need I need a minute. Right. And we're back. All right, Andy, it's time to get into this week's episode, which is titled Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire. A uh, Jimi Hendrix reference for those that didn't, don't know. Easily the worst title of this I... season so far. Probably the It's a terrible title. Was, to... was, the song wasn't the song wasn't in the in the in the episode, was it? I'll give you that. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's the point? Like, don't call it that. Call it something else. It's 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 a nod to Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, but it doesn't re- reference a single thing <laughs> in the episode apart from that there is fire in the episode. They could have just called it fire, and it would have been the same. <coughs> like, if we're doing a better title, or they could have called it fireworks. What? It would have been a better, uh, been a better uh, title. What? And to as a tribute to Katy Perry? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, <laughs> no. At least it would make sense to what's happened in the episode. Usually, the title references the episode in some way, and this just doesn't. Apart from that, there is a Ghost Rider with a flaming skull. They're going with I'm like okay. They're going with um. Music quotes, because we had uh, <laughs> "Meet the New Boss," which is from the Who, and what was the first? Yeah, but that also that also tells you what is happening in the episode. Like, is an introduction to the new boss, and like that's probably the most the most important thing that happens I in the think, episode. I this think they're like... going with music quotes, music titles. I mean, what what was like? So yeah, you'd meet the new boss. What were the other episode titles? The first one was season? the ghost. The ghost, yeah. Uh, and then it was uprising, isn't it? Third episode was uprising. Well, uh, yeah. So they're okay, not really may, music may, quotes. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. And the next one's called Lock Up, and then there's the Good Samaritan is the one after that. So right. not music quotes. All right. All right. <laughs> Just these ones. Okay, anyway, let's get into the episode. Uh, so, this is season four, episode four, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, titled Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire. Okay, so this episode kicks off with Simmons, who is off to view an apartment for her and Fitz to uh, take the next step. Looks like they're going to be moving in together. Fitz can't go with her because he's busy at work, obviously. Um, this place, however, is uh, charming and cosy. Or old and small, <laughs> as, as Fitz puts it. 
uh, someone's found out about it. Uh, she was it, it came through in an email to her and an email offer to her, which was almost too good to be true. And usually, if something is almost too good to be true, usually it's too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also mentioned that Fitz has been spending a lot of time at Radcliffe's place recently. Now, when Simmons gets to this apartment, uh, the, the lock at the apartment has been jimmied and there doesn't seem to be anybody there to greet her to show her around the apartment, which is always, also always a red flag. <laughs> and also, the lights are not working at all in the apartment. Another red flag. I don't think you want to move in here. But it turns out that it's a trap because <laughs> <laughs> it's a daisy trap. Because Daisy is there and she has engineered this whole thing of getting Simmons to come and view this apartment so that she can get help from her. It's kind of convoluted. I'm sure if she just reached out and asked Simmons to help her, she would have probably helped her. But anyway. uh, But yeah, Daisy has been shot and had nowhere else to turn. So she's basically reaching out to Simmons for help in a roundabout way. Now, uh, over at the prison, uh, Coulson visits Eli Morrow. And we get we get him using his shield badge, mm-hmm. which is awesome. You, you've got one of these shield badges, don't you? Yes. At least he had it uh, very, the right very, side up this time. <laughs> yeah, very jealous of your shield badge. Uh, he mentions that shield is making a comeback, and uh, Coulson basically offers to help him get out of the prison if he helps shield with the uh, momentum case. I'm not sure how Coulson would help him get out, but like maybe get his charges quashed or maybe just break him out. I don't know. <laughs> Cut through the red tape and just... Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's deals to be made. Yeah. Coulson has pull. He does, yeah. Uh, Now, over at Radcliffe's place, he introduces Ida to May as his assistant Mm -hmm. and and reveals to May that he might have killed her a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, what? (laughs) We we killed you gently. Yeah, just just, just for a minute. (laughs) Okay, she wasn't brought back gently. That's for sure. Uh, Fitz and Radcliffe have been running some uh, tests on May to come up with a chemical solve for the ghost virus. So basically, they're trying to work out a way to cure other people that are infected with this without having to kill them first. Yes, <laughs> which which is important work. <laughs> Uh, Daisy is it's revealed is uh, on the vodka to uh, relieve her pain. Traditional pain meds don't work for her. She needs to drink vodka, lots of vodka. And she is also not using the arm gauntlets anymore because they are uh, not very conspicuous. They're not easy to hide. They're very conspicuous. So kind of, Yeah, uh, someone's kind of patches her up. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, someone's kind of patches her up, or or uh, wounds and whatnot, and uh, she reveals that she's got a list of inhuman asset numbers and GPS coordinates that she got from a group of watchdogs, and she got a bullet for her troubles from them. Now, my question is, why didn't we see this? Didn't... Well... To an extent, wasn't that part of last episode? But she wasn't part of that uh, caper. That was uh, Mac and... Uh... Yo-yo. Um, yeah. They just don't... I mean, they only have 22 episodes? 
Yeah, but I mean, I do think I think this would have been infinitely more interesting to watch than some of the other things that happened in here. Mm. And they could have thrown they could have thrown this in. Well, I think it would have had to been its own episode, or uh, should have been dealt with last episode, maybe. Yeah, yeah, should have and been should have been in the last episode somewhere. So, all right. But yeah, she's got she's got lost. They're basically uh. She reveals that they have uh, the watchdogs have been hacking into Shield server somehow, and Sam's is like, "No, no, this is impossible because the these details are held offline in secure government facilities that are updated once a day by the same person every day." Blah blah blah. Uh, so Daisy is like, "Well, help me hack into Shield <laughs> these secure servers somehow, so I can get access to this." And Sam's like, "Eh, no, I'm not going not going to do that because." Yeah, I can't do that. I'll get these lie detector tests and everything. So she she can't do it voluntarily. But uh, what about if it wasn't voluntary and Daisy pulls a gun on her? As you do, threatening your friend. Like, yeah, it's nice to see you too, Daisy. <laughs> it, and I, I didn't know if she was being sarcastic or if she appreciated what she was doing. Yeah, I mean, I think... That obviously she did want she did obviously want to help Daisy because mm. she's a friend and like this seems like it's a useful endeavor for Daisy to go down at least to try and stop these people from hurting other inhumans mm. and Sims is all, all for that because it's like the kind of heroic thing to do sort of thing um, but it, I kind of took it as like okay well cool I can help you now because you're giving me an out and yeah. for the lie detector yeah. test I can just say well I was forced to do it at gunpoint yes <laughs> yeah, that, that's I mean, the way I took it too. Yeah, yeah. So now back at the prison, uh, Coulson tells Eli about the ghost people and asks them to help. But Eli doesn't want to get involved. He just wants to move on. Uh, and we found out the other per- the other person that was the only other person that was involved is in a coma. Just this is the guy that Eli Morrow beat up and ended up getting put in jail for the inval uh, the attempted manslaughter charge. Right. Uh, when Coulson leaves, he and Mac spot Ghost Rider's car pulling up. Uh, Mac obviously recognizes as recognizes Robbie from the Momentum facility from a couple of weeks ago, and is like, "Wait a minute, that's the guy who's got the flaming skull." Uh, he he sees Mac and recognizes him and sees that he's made and then flees in his car, and Mac and Coulson pursue him. In Lola. Lola yes. is finally back, Chip. <laughs> now, back. did you catch uh, Mac's attempt to try and get to drive Lola? Yeah, he's like, I'll drive. And Coulson's like, no, no, you no you're not no, driving you my car. <laughs> <laughs> and he also, uh, he, he also says that Mac wouldn't fit behind the wheel anyway. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, I see it. Which is very funny. Um, it was quite a cool chase sequence. Mm. But they they obviously had to. They, it was interesting because most other chase sequences that we see in uh, TV shows and, and and films tend to have a little bit of bumping about between the two or more cars that are involved in the chase, and there's always some kind of crash involved where, like, the car will, one of the cars will bump into another car and it will go and crash. And they didn't do that here. This is obviously because these cars are fucking expensive cars, and they don't want to have to yep. fix them. 
Which is fair enough, especially like I mean, these are classic, nice-looking cars that mm-hmm. have been outfitted for the show a little bit, and they don't want to damage them. So I, I, I kind of appreciated just getting to see these cars driving about fast. It was, it was nice, and getting to see Lola back was was a treat because we haven't seen Lola for a long time. Now, did you did you pick up on the the bit where they said that uh, flight uh, abilities were disabled? Yes, uh, Mac did say that uh, Lola's flight functionality was still broken because Coulson wouldn't let Mac fix it. Because obviously Mac, mm. I mean, Mac's been asking for like two seasons to fix Lola. He's like, let me work on Lola. And Coulson's like, no, 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 no you can't. <laughs> but yeah, so Lola can't fly. Um, I assume that's because they spent all the effect budget mm-hmm. on Ghost Rider's head. Probably. <laughs> They're like, no. Plus, I mean, it, it, like that effect is really good and believable, and the Lola flying stuff, it wasn't particularly well done. So they're like, well, we can't quite do this justice with the TV budget, so let's just leave it out. Just nice to just be able to see Lola. Mm-hmm. I agree. Our favorite shield. Yeah, so they exactly. Yeah. So they they pursue uh, pursue Ghost Rider in his car, and he, he eventually ends up. Crashing into the invisible Quinjet, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yes, and uh, and uh, Robbie gets knocked out because he has no airbag. Well, I mean, he's driving a a seventy-something Charger. They didn't have airbags back then, Andy. Yeah. So, pro tip: if you're getting one of these, retrofit an airbag into it so that if you crash, you don't get knocked out. You would never retrofit a airbag into a classic, um, an American classic like that. <laughs> I don't know. Safety says yes. Awesomeness says no. <laughs> but yeah, Coulson then uh, then says, "Oh, I get his car now, right? Because he he's won the yeah he won the race the contest yeah yeah he didn't he didn't really win the race because he didn't overtake <laughs> he didn't overtake Coach Rider's car at all." So he didn't really win, but he's ended up like he could get the car, yeah, like he could yeah. claim it, that, and he kind of that, he kind of sort of does. That's the rules. Yeah. So uh, meanwhile, Daisy has a plan for uh, Simmons to sneak into a secure government building with a flash drive, basically to give Daisy remote access to the Shield database that has the Inhumans' information and locations and whatnot on it. But uh, Simmons is like, yeah, yeah, no, that's a good plan, but I've got another plan. And she just jumps out of the car. Yeah, and she just jumps out of the car and simply tells the agent that's responsible for uh, uploading this flash drive to the the server to plug in this flash drive as well. And the agent's like, okay. And this is like, how did you get this woman to do that? And Simmons is like, well, I'm her boss. (laughs) I just... Told her and she did it. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> so there was no sneaking in or uh, ID cloning required. So over at, uh, over at Radcliffe's place, Fitz arrives and is shocked that Ada is kicking about and treating me because they, they had kind of agreed to keep her secret. And Radcliffe's like, no, we will bring her out. And uh, this is this is the ultimate Turing test. <laughs> If they can manage to get uh, Ada to pass as human in front of Shield's most discerning agent, Agent May, then uh, 
she's she's ready. He also has like a, an interesting quote here, which says, uh, "Art and science have their meeting in method," which is a quote from uh, uh, Bill Moore Lytton. And Fitz is like, "Oh, no, don't don't quote Bill Moore Lytton at me." Now, the interesting thing to note about Bill Moore Lytton is that Edward Edward Bill Moore Lytton, or Lytton, however you pronounce it. Do you know what his other sort of famous quote is? No, I don't even know who he is. Basically, he was like a sort of writer from the 1800s. Okay. Uh, he wrote a bunch of like, uh, I don't think it was play like plays or it was like poems and stories and stuff like that. Um, and he, but he has a lot of uh, yeah plays and poems and things he wrote. Now, his his most famous quotation is a very very famous one. And I was like, oh my god, this is the same guy. And his most famous quotation is, "The pen is mightier than the sword." Okay. Which obviously everyone knows that from Indiana Jones, <laughs> specifically Indiana Jones and the uh, Last Crusade. I think it was pretty well known before then, but okay, your yeah, point, I mean, your, it, your it, point it, is made. It was, but but pop pop culture. Um, but this was originally from uh, Bower Lytton's play Richelieu, which I've I've never heard of, but but very famous, very famous quote. And very apt and very true as well. But yeah, this was one of the other ones. Art and science have their meeting in method. Now, uh, back over at the empty apartment, uh, Daisy manages to get her uplink sorted to the Shield server, and basically they work out that an encrypted third party is hacking the secure signals to the uh, to the Inhumans using their watches, uh, like basically because uh, their watches have GPS trackers and whatnot in them. Uh, Simmons recognizes one of the numbers that's being tracked, and uh, she recognizes it as being James. If you remember, James from last season was the fiery Australian inhuman. Hellfire. Hellfire, yep. So Daisy decides that she'll head off to see him, and uh, she tells Simmons to stay behind. Simmons is like, no, no, no. I'm in for a penny, I'm in for a pound, and uh, tells her that she's coming with her, so suck it up. Now on the Quinjet, we see that there is not even a dent on the on the charger, yep. at all, which is quite surprising. Because I mean, he was driving a fair whack, like he was. You're probably talking what 70 odd mile an hour or something like that, and he crashed into like a metal object, metal on metal. The metal crump, some metal crumples. The car heals and itself. It would have been, yeah, there would have been damage to that. Mm-hmm. So there's something more about this car than just. Like it must be imbued somehow with like the the spirit of vengeance as well. We know that Ghost Rider can put fire through it, but it has something of its own as well, which is interesting. And I hope we find out more about that and how it's tied to him. Well, in the comic, he and the car are one. Yep. And we know that he heals. Mm-hmm. Because he's, you know, he said, you know, he's been run over twice and been shot, and you know, next morning everything's fine. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, we we did see like in our introduction to him in in the car. Mm. Remember the car got shot with the uh, rocket mm-hmm. <laughs> and went flying up in the air and didn't have a scratch on it. So there's something about this car that's that's special as well. Not it's not just a normal car; it's a special car. 
but yeah, uh, he tells uh, he tells Mac, "Don't touch Charger." <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't actually say that, but uh, I think he should have, or he should have like a pet name for it or something like that. Like, "Don't touch Willie." <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> yeah, Coulson kind of has a chat with uh, Robbie at this point, and Robbie's like, "Well, I only kill people who have it coming." He's got like a, a code that he lives by. And Colson's like, yeah, well, that that does play out, like based on what they've the research that they've done on him. Um, however, Colson is kind of skeptical about him having made a deal with the devil. And he he kind of speaks to Mac about this and asks for his opinion on it. And Mac's like, well, he Mac believes in God, so he has to believe in the other thing. Colson's like, well, in his experience, gods usually turn out to be aliens. <laughs> Obviously, see see Thor where he meets yep. Thor, and then see Avengers, where he meets and is killed by Loki. Uh, Col- and then Coulson is then like, well, maybe it's time I made a deal with the devil. And he opens the door and lets Robbie out. So you're like, why are you doing this, Coulson? This seems like a really bad idea. And, and Mac absolutely echoes that. I thought it was ballsy. Now, it was definitely a ballsy move, yeah. But it, it's kind of understandable and you, you can see his logic behind it anyway um meanwhile daisy and simmons visit james who is working at a firework shop <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> a concoction of the bad idea department and he's busy teasing kids with fireworks like lighting them and then just putting them out when they're about to explode with these kids going um this guy seems a bit nuts is he like just gonna let this firework blow up, but he doesn't. He lets it out. However, he does sell like five of these ginormous fireworks to like three kids. Like, yeah. I, what's the what's the age restriction on fireworks over in in your neck of the woods? Probably like eighteen. Not none yeah. of those kids uh, would would probably be able to buy fireworks without their parents of uh, there. Yeah, I mean, if if they're eighteen, they're like. Borderline eighteen, they, no, they looked. They, they, no, 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 no. Those like, kids were yeah. thirteen or younger. Right. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't think they looked old enough to buy fireworks. So no. yeah, he shouldn't. He should be more responsible and not sell underage children fireworks. He's James. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Very true. Yes. Now uh, he. He kind of pokes fun at Daisy being called Quake, and she does say that the the Quake nickname is kind of growing on her, even though she didn't choose it. I mean, it makes like it makes sense. And mm. These people, she needs a code name, so Quake is going to be it. Not Tremors. That's a bad one. Um, so Daisy and Simmons inform him that the Watchdogs are after him, and Daisy Quakes James's shield watch off. Which looks exactly like an Apple Watch, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't want this shit Apple Watch. Boom. Away it goes. Uh, he does mention uh, that he has nothing to live for and because he's got no family and, and things at home. He's just got his shitty job and his shitty apartment and he goes from one to the other. He's like, he seems a bit miserable. So Daisy asks him, well, why don't you like take a stand with her and uh, fight back against this, like fight back against the watchdogs. And he seems to kind of warm around to this idea a little bit and tells them to meet him after his work at the public storage building next door because he's got something which might help. 
Now, uh, back on the Quinjet, or it might even be the the Zephyr. I wasn't quite. I wasn't quite sure. It's hard to tell. Uh, go, Robbie tells uh, Colson that he must be straight loco letting him out. <laughs> Colson's like, well, if you go on fire and like bring down the plane, that's gonna cause damage to you, even if you heal from it. Like, it's not gonna be good. And he doesn't. And we've already established he doesn't kill any innocent people. Mm-hmm. Where, I, where I, I mean, Colson and Mac are relatively innocent. One, one can assume Colson's done some questionable things in his time, but Mac seems to be pretty straight up. Yeah, I mean, they're government agents licensed to kill. Mm, yep. So, uh, you know, and they do really only kill bad guys. Or perceived bad guys. Yep. So, uh, Coulson kind of explains to Robbie that their uh, their sort of paths are lined up at the moment. They because he was going to visit Eli anyway, and to find out more information about this whole momentum thing, and that is what Shield is doing as well. And they just want to listen in on the conversation, basically, to get some information. And if he doesn't agree, they'll chuck him out the plane. You're like, well, okay, he doesn't really have a choice then, so he agrees to do it. Now, over at, uh, over at Radcliffe's place, um, May says something in Chinese, which Ada translates as, uh, May says you can shove your tests up your ass. <laughs> and May's like, oh, you speak Chinese, where are you from? And she's like, oh, most of me is Chinese. May's like, oh, okay. And Fitz then at this point jumps in and tells me that no, no, she's Canadian from Ontario and she was an army brat that moved around a lot as a kid. Which was interesting. It was funny though, like she said, oh, I'm from China. And he's like, what? Because <laughs> she doesn't sound at all Chinese or anything. She sounds 100% like Western. She doesn't anyway. look Asian either. No, not, not one bit. Now, Obviously, you can you can learn Mandarin and things mm. like that, but the fact she's just like, oh yeah, most of me is from China. Yeah. It's a strange thing to say. Um, May May then says to to Radcliffe, oh, you've been hiding Ada from me. It's too bad because I like her no nonsense, just business attitude. So she's kind of passed the May test. Mm. May has not seen the noticed that she's an android. But I mean, if you're presented with something that looks human, your first instinct is going to be that it's it's human like you're not going to think oh this is this is not a human this is, you might think it's you may think oh this is a strange human but you're not going to think oh this is not a human so now uh, we then see Robbie visiting Eli and they mentioned that the charger was Eli's car previously and his his baby mm-hmm. and Robbie's like oh no it's our baby so they've obviously worked on it together at the at the garage and whatnot. But it's interesting that he 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 seemingly owned it before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robbie shows him a picture of the momentum scientists, and we find out that the the lady's name. So this is the ghost lady that's been kicking about. Her name is uh, Doctor Lucy Bower, and she is Joseph Bower's wife, which is the guy who Eli put into a coma, right. and that's how he ended up in jail. 
Uh, he reveals basically what happened with Momentum. Uh, they were kind of working on secret projects and things, and they were building a quantum particle generator, which is essentially a machine that can create matter out of practically nothing. And this thing literally blew up in their face. And that's why Eli beat up Joseph and then ended up in jail. Uh, basically, Joseph pushed ahead with the project despite Eli telling him that it wasn't safe and wasn't feasible to move forward with it. So that was so. I mean, it was him kind of getting revenge. Him, him beating this guy up was him getting revenge for those people who he thought had died but are actually now come back as ghosts. Right. Uh, he also reveals that Lucy might want the uh, the book with all the knowledge that anyone could ever need. So this uh, book that they, these people had all read and had become kind of infatuated with a bit. So Coulson then starts to dig into the book and see what that's all about. Uh, on the on the Zephyr, Mac, however, gets an alert from an asset and they basically have to move at this point. They, ha- they have to go and investigate and see what's happened. Uh, at this point, we get an interesting scene where we see the ghost Lucy visiting Joseph, who has been in a coma mm-hmm. like the whole time that uh, Joseph's been in a jail. And she wakes him up with her ghost fingers in his brain and asks him, where's the book? So we're going to get to see this book soon, I think. Next episode. Uh, we see Rob- yeah, so we see uh, Robbie getting back on the Zephyr via the Quinjet, and they're off on a quick tour, which you can assist on before they go off in pursuit of this book. Uh, we also see Radcliffe recharging Ada, and she reveals that she's programmed not to lie as well as not to harm humans, and she kind of asks, well, why did Fitz lie to Agent May? And Radcliffe's like, well, sometimes it's okay to lie to shield people or to spare a life. And she asks, well, whose life was fit saving when, when he lied to me? And Radcliffe's like, yours. Which is interesting because this is kind of giving Ada the impression that she is a life form. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in Radcliffe's eyes, she is a, a life form, like, in this interpretation. So I I think he's made her a bit too smart. And now you've added to her logic equation... That it's okay to lie for self-preservation. Yes. So interesting, and it could, it could. This could end very badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, we've seen in the MCU already. Like you create a super intelligent AI to do something very good. It it can end very badly. Just look at Age of Ultron. Right. Mm, Ultron ended up like dropping the city. So. Very, very interesting to see where this will this will pan out. Uh, we see uh, James meeting Daisy and Simmons at the lockup. Uh, Daisy's in really, really bad shape. Like she's like she's clearly in a lot of pain. Her arms all strapped up, and she's been shot, and she's like she's like kind of like sweating, mm-hmm. and she looks she looks fucked basically, like in a really bad way. So James arrives, and we quickly realize that it's a trap uh, because there are watchdogs everywhere. They open up like one of the containers, and it's full of watchdogs, and then watchdogs appear from everywhere. And it's revealed that James has been working with the watchdogs all along, well, since they, since they came along in this season. 
and he gave them access to his watch, which uh, you would think that they would have made those watches more secure, for one. Because if you can find one inhuman, chop off his hand, get the watch, then you can, if you can backtrace it to the source, that's bad. Like, that's very bad design of software. Or all the hardware. Stupid Apple. <laughs> they supposedly had that unhackable device as well. The watchdogs have hacked your device, so you're fucked. Um, but yeah, he basically blames Daisy for him becoming an inhuman and the whole thing with Hive that happened with him as well because obviously he was infected by Hive and he's been suffering the same withdrawals that Daisy had. So he is... Uh, he is helping the watchdogs hunt and kill every inhuman and he's going to be the last one to go. Now, she she does mention in here, and it, it was my thought as well, well, you wanted yeah. to have powers. Yeah. Like, you asked, literally asked for it. Like, and he was given the crystal. He didn't have to use the crystal. He used the crystal himself. Daisy just gave it to him. So he didn't have to. It was entirely his own fault. So he's got no one to blame but himself in this situation. He shouldn't be passing the buck to Daisy. And he does have like a useful power and he could use it to the great benefit of humanity. He could be a hero. Mm -hmm. He just chose not to because he's a dick. But yeah, he does mention that he hates all inhumans. And it basically looks like Daisy and Simmons are about to be captured. But uh, Daisy kind of ducks down and quakes the ground and uh, this knocks all the watchdogs and that down and she and Simmons run off with uh, James in pursuit, and they, they kind of hide in one of the one of the lockups, and James goes bowling. <laughs> <laughs> it, so I, I think it was it was bowls, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It's like, why does he just carry these green goblin bombs with him wherever he goes? Because <laughs> yeah. that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, it totally was, yeah. It, but, I mean, it's basically like a... It looks like a bowl set that he's got mm. kicking about. I don't know where he's carrying them, but maybe in his pocket or his jacket or something. But uh, he imbues them with, like, his firepower and sort of rolls them down the hall and they explode. It's kind of Gambit-like, because this is what Gambit does. But, yeah, he he eventually finds them in one of the, one of the lock-ups and he also finds a chain, which is... Which would have been used to control the door to lift it up and down from the inside, which he rips down and uh, sets on fire, and he draws it back to land the killing blow on Daisy and Simmons. But at this point, none other than Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, shows up and grabs the chain from Medea. Uh, Daisy and Simmons escape, and then Robbie and James start to fight. Uh, James throws a small kind of bomb thing at Robbie which singes his face and he transforms into Ghost Rider and says it's time to pay for your sins. Now Ghost Rider has the chain at this point and Ghost Rider plus chain equals win. Yeah. Like he looks this is the Ghost Rider like he looks down to a T the part boom bang They've, they've absolutely nailed it like some of the other characters they've done really well, like Quake's done really well, like Zorban Man has done pretty well. This one is bang on. Yep. Absolutely 100% bang on. And now they've finally got him the chain. This is this is sort of the last piece of the puzzle for, for the Ghost Rider. They've, they've managed to fit it in organic, quite organically as well to give him a weapon that'd be useful to him. And boom, there it is. And he keeps it afterwards. Uh, yeah, he keeps it afterwards as well, yeah. 
So uh, Ghost Rider, uh, sorry, Coulson and Mac arrive and are surprised to find Daisy and Simmons there because they obviously came to investigate the uh, the Inhuman that's tracking device was turned off, James, and they're surprised to find Daisy and Simmons. Like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here together? Uh, they brought uh, they brought uh, Ghost Rider along with them to fight fire with fire, which is a Metallica song. They should have called it that. Uh, and they we get to see a bit of a fight between Ghost Rider and James, and they basically end up falling through a wall. This was cool. And yeah, it was cool. Yeah, basically, Ghost Rider pins uh, James up against the wall. Is give, starting to kind of give him his penance stare. And uh, James blows a hole in the wall and both of them fall through it. Yeah, and uh, Max says, did two fire dudes just drop into a warehouse full of fireworks? (laughs) Didn't see that happening. Didn't didn't see that happening. Which I thought was just great. Yeah. So yeah, the shield team evacs and cue a firework explosion. I mean, the second that we saw fireworks... Mm -hmm shop you knew there was going to be a firework explosion in here Bruckheimer directed this episode yeah it was a wee bit on the nose but okay well I suppose it's nearly Halloween and it's nearly fireworks uh, bonfire night and whatnot okay like I'll I'll accept it you can get away with that one (laughs) but yeah um, so the building kind of explodes with Ghost Rider and uh, James still in it and we see Robbie now, without his flaming head, dragging James out on the end of his chain. Um, and he looks dead. Because, like, oh, okay, well, James is dead. He's been in this explosion. He doesn't have, like, Ghost Rider's magical healing powers. But he is actually still alive. He's obviously quite hurt, but he's still alive. And like you said, Ghost Rider does keep the chain. He takes it off of, uh, off of James and keeps it, takes it away with him. Because this is a useful weapon for him. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, his, it's his traditional weapon. And he looks fucking cool using it. And I, I hope we get to see more of him using it going forward. Now, uh, Daisy and Robbie end up back on, on the Quinjet. And Daisy's kind of a bit awkward. Because Coulson isn't saying anything to her about like her being away and going rogue and any of that. And she's like, why, why aren't you like, why aren't you having a go at me or like anything? <laughs> and Coulson's like, well, I'm just happy that you're safe. He's he's the hurt parent, you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's mad at his kid because his kid has basically betrayed and abandoned him. But at the end, uh, you know, he's just glad that she's safe and back with him for the time being. For the the time being. But yeah, Coulson. Uh, they basically want to pursue the watch. Well, uh, certainly Daisy wants to pursue the watchdogs and track them down and stop any more humans getting hurt. But Colson's like, "Well, we have a more pressing need at the moment, and we need your help to locate this book known as the Darkhold, also referred to as the Book of Sins or the Book of Spells." And no one that they know of has ever found it. Not Daniel Whitehall, not the Red Skull, and not even Nick Fury himself. Which obviously Daisy knows who Nick Fury is, but Robbie's just kind of like, who? Like who the fuck is Nick Fury? Like I've never heard of him. 
I'm like, have you not seen Avengers? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Coulson explains that he's an old friend, sort of a mentor. I'm like, oh, oh, Fury. <laughs> he needs to come back. Um, but yeah, basically, uh, Coulson reveals that Lucy is after this book and that Daisy and Robbie might not need, need S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. They might want to go off and do their own thing, but right now, S.H.I.E.L.D. needs them. So they kind of agree to help them. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they should start with uh, Joseph Bauer, the guy that was in the coma, because he just woke up. Now, uh, Coulson and Simmons then come to pick up May from Radcliffe's place, and Coulson meets Ada for the first time. And he asks her, how long have you been lending a hand to Dr. Radcliffe? And she says, since he gave me hands. And you're like, <laughs> okay, well, the game's a bogey. Coulson's going to see through this in a second. Like, that, like... That's, that means that he built her. <laughs> but Coulson's like, oh, wow, impeccable work. I'm a fellow amputee. What happened <laughs> to your hands? <laughs> and she's like, oh, I've been this way since buff. <laughs> you're like, okay, well, she was only born like a few months ago, so it, it, it all makes sense. And she's not lying to him. No. And he just kind of is playing it off as being that she's been amputated on. Mm-hmm. I mean, her hand, her hands are like... There's no join. <laughs> like, it doesn't look as if there's a join at all. So he's like, wow, oh my God, look at your hands. They're better than mine. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of a funny, a funny little scene. And she says, oh, thank God for Dr. Radcliffe and Dr. Fitz's work. And it's at this point that Simmons pulls Fitz aside and she's like, oh, now I see why you've been spending so much time here. It's Ida. She's beautiful. And you kind of think that, oh, Simmons is getting a bit jealous here of her. And Fitz is like, I don't know, she's, she's all right, but, but I prefer yeah. a classical beauty. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 typical, I mean, the same line any of us would use in that situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I really didn't notice that. Uh, now that you mentioned it, but yeah, you know, uh, not really my type, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sam's just like, there, oh, done she's that, so got the t-shirt, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Simmons is like, oh, she's so real, her conversational responses, her range of motion, mm-hmm. and Fitz is like, oh, th- those are weird things to say about a person, and she's just like, Fitz, she's an android, and he's like, uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> and uh, obviously he, he, she's kind of like, oh, why didn't you tell me about this, and obviously didn't tell her because of the lie detectors, mm-hmm. and she reveals that her next lie detector is tomorrow. And she's got a few lies that she's going to have to tell. <laughs> so, interesting episode. What, what do you think overall? Um, it had its moments. Hmm. I think that's... Why is... What the hell's going on with my computer here? Let me, let me shut this thing. What the hell? My... My browser's like bouncing for some reason. Hmm. I'm just gonna close all the tabs. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on, but um, so it was a decent story. I mean, you've got every. Do you, have you put the band back together yet? Maybe. It, it was weird how they did it. It was awkward. It was. But it worked, I guess. You know, uh, how everybody got back together, you know, 
obviously there's going to there's a lot of things that are going to need to be explained to uh, the Patriot next week. Mm, yep. Like Ghost Rider, Daisy. Mm, yeah. You have the the lie detector test you're going to have to deal with. Um. But I, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a great battle, but it was a, it was a very different battle, and I think to an extent it was a very different episode than uh, the usual stuff that we've seen in the past, and I think that's good. Yeah, it was it was a very different episode. I I didn't really like this episode that much, to be honest. There was like a couple of like moments in it. Like it was good, really good to see Lola back, and it mm. was really awesome. That was the biggest saving grace for the episode. Like Ghost Rider getting his chain. Like that was the best thing that happened. Aside from that, well, everyone is hope. Everyone's hopefully back together now, but I don't. I don't necessarily know that. I, I think that's been part of the problem this season so far, the fact that the team's been fragmented yeah. and we want to see the team back working together on the same mm-hmm. end goal, at least, and it looks like we're we're going to get that for next week. So I, I'm glad that they've managed to tie it back in together. But, yeah, not not the best episode for me. The fireworks was, was very on the nose. That was fun. You're like, oh, oh fireworks, okay. That was fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... What what I like is plots aren't plots aren't just lingering though, you know yeah. they're moving, th- things are moving at a good clip. We're not ha- we're not having to wait uh, ten episodes for resolution. We're getting you know we're into you know Ada was introduced in episode one, uh, and now she has been introduced to the entire team. So that that storyline's moving forward. The Darkhold thing yep. is moving forward. The band is sort of back together. Um, so I like the pace that it's taking in resolving things in a fairly reasonable amount of time. Maybe think some of these could have gone another episode or two, but um, I'm not complaining at either. It's like, okay. Um, so I'm very interested to see where we go from here and where, the, where this leads because there's a lot of different things in play um i'm going to assume some of this i'm going to blame some of the pacing on dr strange Hmm. i'm thinking if you are trying to make some sort of connection with dr strange uh even if it's very uh vague the dark hold is a you know a huge uh like I said, is a very significant book in the Marvel universe, especially in the mystical universe. Um, mm, yep. You know they meant they've mentioned, uh, or Coulson mentioned, Fury, the Skull, and uh, Whitehall, looking for this book. Well, Doctor Strange is one of the people that has had the book at certain mm, points. Yep. Um, so so let's just like pause a second there, and let's mm-hmm. let's say they're try to tie this whole thing into. Uh, Doctor Strange, even let's say loosely. Now, ne- next week's episode is called Lock Up, so that's to do with some sort of like pre- there's a prison riot of some kind that they have to go and right. deal with, and we see that in the in the, mm. the trailer. Now, when's Doctor Strange out over there? Well, see, that's what I'm starting to 
try and figure uh, November fourth. November fourth. Okay. I don't. I got. I got to check what day election day is. I think it's the first t- Tuesday in November, which hmm. means that we'll have next week's episode, and then we're got. Then it's going to be a week off because you know we have to deal. We get the series finale of the the Trump campaign the week the weekend <laughs> the week after. Um, okay. So, I. So with. Election Day, let's say, say being November first, which I'm ninety percent sure it is. Um, there that that would be the Tuesday right before Doctor Strange. And okay, um, the 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 episode six is called the Good Samaritan, so I mean that could have loose some kind of loose tie to it. Maybe. That's, that's vague enough that you could have something in there. Like, lock up, yeah. definitely not. It, it, well, lo- I'm going to assume lock up is going to probably deal with Eli, something happen- happening to Eli in jail, whether it's he hmm. gets uh, sprung free or something, or, or killed. Uh hmm. I, that's what I'm going to guess is going to be part of the, that episode, and that does tie into the Darkhold storyline because you know obviously he was part of the group that uh, was hunting the book, or yeah, yeah, he was mm, part yep. of the group. There's really no other way to put it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what what they do with that, but uh, you could you could have some Darkhold references th- that week, and then. Maybe you reference the Darkhold in Doctor Strange. Mm, possibly. You know, I I was busy doing B Team last night, so I didn't ca- uh, catch it. I forgot to DVR it. But Tilda Swinton was on Kimmel last night. Oh, okay. Because I mean, we haven't really had any references to Doctor Strange at all in Shield. Like mentioning, like, I mean, by mentioning him of a name, like. So, presumably he's on their, their sort of index somewhere. So, Coulson would know of him, but they've just never mentioned him. Because mm. you would think when this mystical... You would think when this mystical sort of stuff came up, they'd be like, I should call someone for advice here on what to do. I'm still trying to figure out where the where Doctor Strange fits into the timeline. Because if I'm right... Mm. um. Mm. At the time of civil war, that civil war takes place, mm. he is not Doctor Strange. Mm. Remember, because uh, there's some mention. Like I said, there, uh, his assistant is reading off some cases as he's driving to an event, and I swear mm. one of those is Rhodey. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, and we, we are in in Shield. We are at least six months past civil war at this point. Right. Because we had the time jump. Right. And we're still trying to figure out how much, you know, how, how did, uh, when would he become Doctor Strange? Is it, like I said, right now the timeline doesn't work for me, but we'll see if they're able to clean that up. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, they're going, they're going in some interesting uh, directions with uh, the show. Yeah, and uh, we will let you guys know um, 
if there is an episode the week after next. We definitely have an episode next week. We will have an episode next week. Uh, I can guarantee you there is not an episode uh, election night. Not, yeah, with, not, mean, with the, not with the clusterfuck that, of an election we're about to have here. Mm. <laughs> In fact, I, I kind of wanted to uh, record early tonight um, because I was going to watch, because I need to watch the debate because I think we're going to be discussing it on Knuckleballer tomorrow. Um, ah, okay, okay. <laughs> but I'm going to try and do that after we finish. Okay. Oh, they updated the numbers since I pulled them up the first time. Mm-hmm. So, last night's numbers, not good. Uh, not good. Not good. Uh, Shield hit its lowest numbers ever. It got a 0.7 share, which is 2.34 okay. million viewers. Mm. Um, you know, it is in the death slot. Compare it to the other shows in that slot. Chicago Fire got a 1.6. NCIS New Orleans got a 1.2. Okay. A 1.6 equals 7.4 million. A 1.2, and that's because that's the number in the... The key demographic, yeah. The key demographic. The, the, but overall, it got 9.53 million. And then Shield got a mm. point seven with two point three four. Yeah, uh, my one question to those people watching those other shows: Why are you watching those other shows and not watching <laughs> Shield? Those other shows are are garbage. I've watched Chicago Fire. I've watched NTIS. Garbage. Watch Shield instead. <laughs> um, they are <laughs> like. I'm going to say that it's pr- it's it's the audience. Um you don't you know yeah. Shield is while the 18 to 49 prob I, you know it could hit with us but I think a lot of it has to do with that a lot of the viewers are probably uh in bed or it mm-hmm. is a work night. A lot of people are, you yeah. know, a lot of people are in bed by ten o'clock. Not everybody's like you and me, Andy, staying up to all no. hours of the night. Um, yeah. <laughs> hell, I don't even watch it live. So um, no, I mean, I like I, I don't watch it live either, obviously, because it's well, you can. Then it airs in a different country. It's yes. Been, well, I I could I have done it before, but it's kind of it's much more feasible for me to watch the next day, and I, and I like watching it with with the wife. The, the next day when it's also three in the morning over there when you would be yeah exactly it. yeah <laughs> yeah so. and and you have you have your show on at that time so yep. you can't watch it either um so this is a this is a dvr show we'll see how it does i was doing some research for uh i don't know if you listened to last night's b team at all but um eli is likes the exorcist then the new mm-hmm. uh, fox series and okay. so I, I was doing a little research for him and pulling up various numbers. Shield actually does very well in the DVR stuff. It's a top ten yeah. show uh, for improvement with DVR numbers. Mm, yeah. Um, whether or not that is going to translate into a uh, fifth season 
it, right now it's 50-50, according to TV by the numbers. Okay. So That's probably more positively than like what I've said I. about it. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we, we've pretty much resigned ourselves to the fact that the Shield is done after this season, unfortunately. Well, with, if, with drawing a point seven for a live number, yeah, start, yeah. Dig, start digging the grave. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, we 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 still love the show, and mm-hmm. we hope that uh, even if they do end the show at this, we hope that they do more with the characters elsewhere. Yes. Um, this show, I think, the perfect slot for this show, and it's another kind of uh, dead zone s- slot, mm. would be Fridays at nine. Hmm. That, you know, isn't uh, that isn't isn't that where Fox tried to do Constantine though? Uh, NBC did Constantine at nine. Oh. Yes. Yeah, but, and, and it did that by But Constantine is a totally different show than Shield. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, Constantine probably had no business being on a major <laughs> network. Constantine <laughs> probably. Constantine would work would work great um, on um, sci-fi CW. or CW. Great on CW, yeah. And to be fair, Constantine season one was was a great show. I I loved it. I thought it was great. It was getting good when they canceled it. I thought uh, the last couple episodes were really building up to something. So. Uh, but I think Shield is a little more family friendly than Constantine was. I, yep. uh, ABC is the Disney network. I, I think Shield could work there. I think that's where the, I think that's where they slotted Supernatural because when they sent it off to die, and it got such great numbers that you know uh, it's gotten another five seasons after that. So I think mm. I think Agents of Shield, if you're gonna put it somewhere on the schedule and you wanted some success, I think Friday's nine o'clock would probably be the perfect time for it. But right now it's in the death slot. Nothing nothing ABC puts there does well. Um, but those are that's not a good number. Hmm. So um, all right. Do we have Twitters? Uh, yeah, just a couple of tweets we have. All right. Today, uh, I think both of them were from uh, James Warren. First of all, he sent us a link to an article about the Avengers Infinity War Part 2 title change and with the, the Marvel TV characters being teased. And this is mm-hmm. basically in reference to the same interview that... Uh, Kevin, that we talked about earlier with Kevin Feige. Uh, so basically, he does say that there's a about the title change because we mentioned the the TV show mm-hmm. stuff already. Um, he basically he does say that there's a reason we have publicly called the first one Infinity War and the second one untitled because the movies we were developing were not certainly there's a connection there are with all our movies. But it's not a first part and a second part. It's a whole movie and a whole story and then a whole movie and a whole story. That's about all I can say. It's certainly inspired by everything that has come before and everything that is hinted at before. Okay. Very vague. (laughs) Uh, 
and I think I don't think we'll, we'll really know any more about this until they actually reveal the title or re-reveal the title for Avengers Four. And I'm wondering if they how long they hold off because it could be that the mm. title could spoil Infinity War. They might they might actually try and hold off until. Um, until uh, Infinity War comes out. Yeah, I mean that would be uh, that would be an awesome thing if see if they could hold it that long. That would be really really freaking cool. Like if you just have at the end of Infinity mm. War, yep. after the after the end credit sequence, right at the end, the Avengers will return and Avengers blue, whatever yep. it is, and then that's the reveal and everybody gets to see it. At that point, and it's not revealed before then. The like, Avengers that would be will return awesome in Avenger, you know, Avengers versus X Men. You know, yeah, Just or blow Avengers, everybody's mind. Whatever it is, yeah. But I mean, the, the fact that they have like changed it, something's happened. That mm-hmm. they've went, okay, we're gonna go back to the drawing board a little bit with this. Tell this one story here, and then this will be something different. Because this is going to be a different story arc. Essentially, mm-hmm. they need to finish basically dealing with Thanos in this first movie now. And then it'll move on to something else in the part two. Yeah, definitely. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, th- I think that would be cool if they could hold it that long. So, And Tim Hernandez sent a tweet that said, I don't like the d- Daisy explanation of why she doesn't wear the arm gauntlets. I kind of agree with him. Yeah, I mean, she could like just wear a baggy jumper. <laughs> no problem like no one's gonna question like uh i gotta wear a baggy jumper like they're not gonna look twice at you but Put on a okay, sweatshirt or a hoodie and yeah yep you're fine yep. um it does look as if she's got some kind of gauntlets back on in next week's episode oh maybe they redesign them so they're not as uh cumbersome well, they definitely look pretty cumbersome still, but right. they look functional. She's also in her back in her shield garb next next episode, which is good. Interesting. So we'll see what we'll see what pans out from that. But yeah, looking forward to next week's episode much more than this week's. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I think we're done, Andy. Yeah. Andy, when you're not out street racing, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me every Tuesday on 40 to Level 1 with Ali. Uh, we broadcast live every Tuesday. I already said Tuesday. We broadcast live every Tuesday, 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time. Uh, we talk all things TV shows, movies, and mainly video games. And you can find all our episodes on Stitcher, iTunes, as well as allgames.com. And I can be found Tuesday nights as well on the All Games Network at allgames.com, 9 p.m. Eastern, on the B-Team Podcast with my co-host Ryan, Fred, and Eli. We talk games, we talk tech, we talk some movies and TV. I talk, I actually went and saw Miss Peregrine's School for Peculiar Children this week and uh, discussed that. Um, and on... What's going to see? Hmm? Mm. What's going to see? Ooh. No, <laughs> I'll take that as a no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's good. It's all right, but it's not fantastic. Okay. So, 
It, 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 the, the, it takes a while for the story to get going, and there's a little too much uh, build-up. Um, okay. And then I can be found Thursday nights on allgames.com. Once again, 9 p.m. Eastern on Knuckleballer Radio with my co-host Normie on the Chip and Normie Show. Check that out. And Normie and I talk about whatever we come up with because our other two co-hosts fail to show up and we're scrambling at quarter of nine to come up with a topic. So. <laughs> so. All right. Uh, we will see you guys next week. And I don't care if the Ghost Rider challenges you to a race or not. Whatever you do, don't touch Lola. Good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs>